Merry fucking Christmas, probers. Merry fucking Christmas, y'all. Welcome to But It Was Aliens, the extraterrestrial comedy podcast fronted by two former MIBs who unfortunately have had to cancel two Christmas traditions this year. So, fuck COVID. Bastard. I am Moonwalker, your host for today's probe, and the being sitting across from me is Greybeard. Some would even call him Santa. His beard is that festive. Santa's beard, grey or white? Grey. More importantly, what do you mean by being? Am I not a human being? (laughs) Being. Human (laughs) being. What I fucking call you that, you bean. It's Christmas Eve. You can finally put your decorations up and put those presents under the tree. If you've done any of this before today, you're an animal. And yes, I'm judging you. Wait, you don't put your tree up till Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve. Really? Really. Crikey. If I had my way, it would be Christmas morning. I put mine up the first weekend of December. Oh, fucking hate Christmas. You miserable <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Why? Don't give me I, that retail excuse. That is the retail <laughs> excuse. I don't care. I worked in retail at one point. I forgot that. Yeah. I've not been out of it. How long have I been out of it? Long enough. I think this is my second Christmas out of it. I'm still scarred. I forgot it the weekend after I left. Because it's every six months. I fucking hate it. All those memories of... Hello! I hate Can Christmas you songs. Show me where the jam is. Christmas memories, baubles, tinsel, fucking Christmas songs. Just sell I'm, I'm getting tires. Angry now. No, this is a co-op. <laughs> Do you sell tires? Had that before? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I once had someone ask me to tell them the ingredients in every type of jam they sold. <coughs> Not even a joke. Is this in the co-op in the town that yeah. I work in? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> when I was studying, yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel for you. Oh, yeah. Hello? <laughs> Do you sell beans? What type of beans? Beans! In a tin! What type of beans in a tin? Hello? Help. I just have pretentious twats in the shop that I worked at. I genuinely don't think that people who work in those roles get paid enough because it's so much more stressful than many, many other jobs. Mm-hmm. Truly. Dealing with people who are arseholes to you because people are just rude to people who work in shops. Be nice to people who work in shops, people, especially at Christmas. Today, we're taking a trip to Ilkley Moor, West Yorkshire. That's in the UK for those of you that aren't in the UK. This place has some strange stones located on it. Such as the Badger Stone. <laughs> Did what? that something tickle you there? The Badger Stone? Yep. What the hell is the Badger Stone? It's a uh, Badger Stone. Don't tell me you've put Badger Stone in your research notes and you're not going to tell me what the Badger Stone is. I've got a picture of the Badger Stone in there for you. Glorious. Um, there's also the Swashdicker Stone. Oh dear. And a set of stones known as the Twelve Apostles, of which I have photographs of them all for you. I'd like to take a look. That first one is the uh, Badger Stone. Why the hell is you that called the Badger Stone? You can clearly see you can't. the Badger. You really can't. <laughs> what you can see is a misshapen stone that looks like... Uh, a Badger. No. 
doesn't matter which way I turn my head, that's a, a triangular stone bag- with some circles imprinted onto it and some holes in it with some lovely grass around it. But it ain't no badger. Badger. That could not be further from a badger. It doesn't have a head. It doesn't have a tail. It doesn't have badger features at all. It's a stone. I think we need to get your eyes tested for you for Christmas. I think we need to admit that's not a badger. It's a badger. If you look down, you will see the swastika stone. Okay, I see where they're coming from with that one. It's not quite a swastika, but it is kind of going towards that shape, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very, very close, yeah. It's more like a ninja star it's mixed with a boomerang. Yeah. And under that is the 12 apostles. I'm going to have to count them. <laughs> I'm so happy there's 12, but it does look like there's a 13th on the floor as well. I was well. about to say, I hope there's 13 there, and then I'm <laughs> going to get you to count it again. And then I hope it's 11. No, no, I don't make mistakes. There's 12, but it looks like one fell over. <laughs> mm, they don't really look... Uh, to be fair, I can appreciate why they'd call it the 12 apostles, because there's 12 of them. Speaking of trippy stones, um, I'm... Stoned, currently tripping balls. I'm currently playing uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and there's a little side mission in there where you have to count these stones. And the guy who you get the mission from keeps saying that he keeps coming up with a different number each time. Your mission is to literally sit there and count the stones. I counted them five bloody times and still got a different number <laughs> each time, <laughs> and deliberately stared at the screen without blinking to make sure that they weren't like just move removing a stone from it. And I got, yeah, different number each time. Tripped me out. To be fair, you said that. 90% of what I heard was Ragnar Lofbrook, Floki. Ragnar Lofbrook is... Don't tell me he's in it. I wouldn't say he's in it. He's mentioned in it a lot. And the sons of Ragnar Lofbrook are in it. Interesting. It's a good game. So far. (laughs) I've not played a game for a long time because I literally spend every night on this podcast. (laughs) But interesting. (laughs) Interesting. So on December the 1st, 1987, a local police officer by the name of Philip Spencer was walking to his father-in-law's house. Say, Philip! <laughs> Hello, Philip! You're going to get this all podcast now. Let's dig for treasure! In a nearby village. He decided to walk through the moors, which he had done on several occasions. Digging for treasure! So much so that he knew how long the trip should take him. According to Philip... Say, Philip! I'm going to do your head in. It would be about an hour. Philip had decided to take some pictures while walking. Along with the camera, Philip also took a compass with him to help him navigate through the thick fog which can accompany the moors. As he digged for treasure. Say, Philip! Say, my words are Terence. <laughs> You're a prick. <laughs> Was looking for some (laughs) perfect angles to photograph. Something caught his eye to his right. It caught his eye? What's that a boot? (laughs) As he turned, he was shocked by what he saw. Before him was a four-foot alien with a large head, long arms and big hands. Sir, (laughs) are you treasure? I feel like... I've interrupted you more in that <laughs> section than I ever have in the history yep. of this podcast. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going, Bob. Bo- <laughs> myself choke. There we go. Rum makes it power. Oh, I wish I didn't have to drive. <laughs> Four foot alien with a large head. Are we sure it wasn't a human? A Canadian human called Philip. 
or Terence? Say Terence. It's not called Terence. Can we name it Terence? Yes. Yes! <laughs> oh, my throat is feeling a little bit croaky from playing football earlier. Gosh darn it. I'm still so pissed off about that game. Let's not talk about the game. So Philip quickly lifted his camera and took a picture of it. Smart boy. Ooh. People never take photos. If they do, they're blurry as shit. Mm-hmm. By this point... He found treasure! Sorry. The creature was gesturing to him to stay away before it turned and legged it. Acknowledging that it told him to stay away, Philip gave chase. <laughs> <laughs> and he arrived just in time to catch a glimpse of a craft rising from the moor and shoot up into the sky. I suspect of all the running... Philip's reaction times must have dulled as he wasn't quick enough to take a snap of the ship. Oh, bugger. But I'm going to ignore the fact he weren't quick enough because that's too convenient. How does he know that the Terence was <laughs> gesturing at him to stay away? Does he describe later on or can we talk about that now? Uh, we can talk about it. So what did the alien do? <laughs> Team America. He's mocking us! Um, apparently it just signalled with his arms to stay away. I really thought you were going to say dick there. I don't know why. It's like, I've slipped. Brain? it's like I've slipped into being you this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interrupted every ten seconds with random bullshit. <laughs> and dick on the mind. I think you'll find when I interrupt, it's with uh, factual comment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We need to uncover why he knows that he's gesturing for him to stay away. How do we know that's not alien communication for, let's have a race? It might have been. And then for... But Philip's interpretation was for him to stay away. Philip. So he chased him. <laughs> well, he played right into the alien's hands, I think. Maybe he wait, did. Wait, wait, that's a trap. He's going to chase him and something's going to happen. He's going to turn around and fist bump him. <laughs> <laughs> So silence had now fallen on the moors, and once he'd gathered himself, Philip walked to the nearest village, which took him half an hour. During this short time frame, a few things started to confuse him. His compass was no longer pointing north, and instead would point south. And when he arrived at the village, the large clock was an hour ahead of his watch. Mm. Now feeling confused, Philip starts to doubt if what he saw was real. So he decided to get a bus and head to the nearest town with instant film development. And here is the picture he managed to take that day. Wait, he got a picture? Didn't we say he wasn't quick enough? Wasn't quick enough to catch the craft. Oh, okay. We have both the original and a zoomed version of that picture. Oh, this better be good. (laughs) (laughs) The first image looks very far away and like a silhouette of... A really little Bigfoot. The zoomed in image. You've given me three different versions all zoomed in. I'm guessing they were different filters applied. Yeah, just to find out what it actually was. So they took a picture and then obviously tried to get a better viewing of it. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to pull my scepticism out here and say that that figure looks superimposed massively. Every part of that creature is flat against the image he's or she is, or they are within, almost to the point of being unnatural. Let me just have a look at four foot. Mm-hmm. For it to be that big from that far away, I'd say that looks taller than four foot, personally. 
but essentially it's it's like a gray isn't it mm. except for the fact that in one of the zoomed in images it's, it's green. green but other than that it looks like your stereotypical gray superimposed against a green mountainy hilly background the moors the moors <laughs> for those of you who don't know what the moors are it's just green hilly <laughs> mountainy <laughs> countryside that'd be countryside that do hey boy oh they're, then yorkshire hey, they're, they're yorkshire That's not true. suffolk <laughs> <laughs> oh i can't think of a yorkshire accent i'm only going Welshire. i'm just thinking well we go to the moors oh we go to the moors like no i'm blanking <laughs> so with this evidence in hand philip knows that he has something special we so, go to t- moors so, no, that's not North Yorkshire. No, that's more Bolton-y, isn't it? All right, sorry, go on. So he goes through the proper channels and manages to get hold of UFO investigator Peter Hugh. Oh, I, think I thought you were going to say class. Don't know why. I'm going to call him... Let's call him Peter. Pete. Good old Pete. Something else has just occurred to me. Looking at that picture, he said it was running away. Not when he took the picture. Uh, okay, so it turned around and legged it after mm-hmm. this picture. Okay, I take it back. I was going to say that picture looks very static and facing <laughs> him. Intriguing. Whoa, and one of its arms is massively longer than the other. That's All a proper... the better to clap you with, son. Well, to be Backhand. fair, it's going to have to... Oh, I thought you meant clap, like... No. I was going to say that's going to be harder to clap because his arms are out different lengths. He's got to bend one right round. <laughs> clap. Maybe that's his reach around arm. <laughs> And one of his hands is massive as well. I keep calling it he, All and I don't the know better why. To... <laughs> to what? Reach around, son. <laughs> oh, Terence, you just don't look real, mate. Sorry. So Peter thought that this was too good to be true, and this concerned him. But he met with Philip, nonetheless. After their meeting, Peter was convinced that Philip was a man of integrity and was not seeking fame or fortune so decided to investigate. The photograph was first to be investigated. It had been sent to a wildlife photography expert to see if it was just an animal on the moors. This expert concluded that it wasn't an animal that they knew of. The next thing to establish was whether or not the figure in the image was static or moving. Clearly static. This was something they couldn't establish. (laughs) Shut up! Bullshit! You know that was static. Asshole. A reconstruction of the photo at the exact site did conclude, however, that whatever this was, was in fact four foot. I find that questionable, but I'll accept it. The photo would then be sent on to a lab in Hemel Hempstead to see if the photo itself is real and to rule out if the image was superimposed, which is tech I didn't think existed in the 80s. Oh, it definitely did. But then again, it may have been possible, just not as easily accessible as it is today yeah so the lab concluded that whatever it was was part of the original photo and nothing had been doctored no (laughs) picture is so bad i call into question the capabilities of this lab i want to see their qualifications i think it was a kodak lab I call into question the capabilities of the worker in the lab. I want to see his or her or their qualifications. The next phase for this photo was for it to be sent to America for computer enhancement and analysis. But it didn't just get checked by a simple technician. It went to Dr. Bruce McCarby, 
an optical physicist within the US Navy. His expert opinion is that the slow film speed for the low light conditions made it too grainy to test properly. Mm. The conclusion of the photograph is that there is no proof that it is real and at the same time there is no proof that it is fake. So both sides could essentially use the picture in an argument against the other. My concern is that I could create a more convincing image than that myself. You could do now, but could you in 1987? I could get a freaking crayon out and make a more convincing image than that. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see that. Uh, It's interesting that Dr. Bruce... Banner. (laughs) (laughs) Put his name to this, although he did sit on the fence. Yeah. Well, he said he couldn't test it. It's just... It's not good enough. You'd expect a Navy person to rule it out unless it was real damn convincing, wouldn't you? What if he just wasn't able to test it? And he's literally so said he just couldn't be asked to look at it. <laughs> to test it. Uh, okay. Bruce, you let me down. Next on the list is Philip's compass. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And why it was now pointing south instead of north. So it's going to take a strong magnetic field to force a compass to change its direction. And this is something that Peter attempted and succeeded with by using a magnetic resonance scanner. There was also the fact that there was no way to prove that this happened at the scene of the incident and could have easily been done after the fact. You've completely done my job for me there. I was literally about to make that point. (laughs) Good research. In fairness, that's what we should be doing as former MIBs that never worked for the MIBs. Peter also got a university to do some radiation tests at the scene and they came back negative. He then had Philip see a psychologist who concluded that Philip was telling the truth as he knew it. Okay, so if Philip were hypothetically to know that this was bullshit... Why he would, why would he ask a university to do radiation tests knowing it's going to come back inconclusive? Was he just trying to Philip seem... Philip didn't or- ask. Peter did. Oh, sorry. The sorry. investigator okay, asked. Yeah. Okay, so Philip was like, leave me alone. This is my story. This is my moment. Well, he... Went- Say, this is my moment. <laughs> well, he went to Peter to get his... Help. I found treasure. Let's dig for some more treasure. Unless he just expected him to hop on board. Say, Terrence, pull my finger. It wasn't long before Philip started to have strange dreams about star-filled skies and was still confused about that missing time in the moors. So the final test was a regressive hypnotherapy session. Well, hey, but it was Aliens Bingo. Ding, ding, ding. Take a drink, have a shot. So this session was conducted at the home of Arthur Tomlinson. Those in attendance were Peter, Matthew Hill, who was a journalist, and also a friend of Peter's. He was there to record the session on three separate recorders and Dr. Jim Singleton, who conducted the session. And it took place on March 16th, 1988. Three separate recorders? Jesus, that's a bit of overkill, isn't it? It's also a great month. What Um, what were they thinking was going to happen to need three recorders? Maybe just depend on how long it went. Did they think... So they would record... He would literally hit record when that one ends, hit the next one. I suppose this was uh, 
in the 80s, wasn't it? So they've been using cassettes, I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Singleton. It's an interesting name. Was he married? <laughs> well, it suggests he was a singleton. <laughs> While under, Philip describes himself walking along the moors. He says it's windy and there's lots of clouds. As he's walking towards some trees, he says that... Let's dig for treasure! Sorry. There's something little... In my ass! <laughs> Can you pull it out? I've completely lost the voice there. You really did. <laughs> can you pull it out? <laughs> See, can you pull it out? <laughs> Say it's right. Have you watched South Park recently? Or? No. <laughs> I'm just in South Park. I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. Oh, gosh. So Philip says that as he was walking towards the trees, something started moving towards him. He couldn't tell what it was, but it's green. All of a sudden, he's stuck. He can't move, but the thing is still moving towards him. Things start to get a little fuzzy, and now he's floating in the air. He wants to get down, but he can't. It's later said that the little green something was moving in front of him, and he was floating behind it, as if he was being dragged along. He continues, I'm still in the air. I want to get down. There's a big silver saucer thing. There's a door in it. He starts to sound worried at this point, and then he says that everything's gone black. I'm so disappointed that you didn't put on a Yorkshire accent. Because I... (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Anything. I was tempted. Damn it. So Jim asks him, everything's gone black. Philip explains that it's like he's asleep. He can't see or hear anything. He then says that there's now a bright light although he's not sure where it's come from. A voice calls out to him, telling him not to be afraid, and magically, he's not afraid anymore. We've heard that before a few times. That we have. Do you think that'll work on anyone? Like, say, if you were leaning over a cliff about to fall off, and I was like, don't be afraid, you'd be like, oh, all right. Would I forcibly throw myself off, or would I just allow whatever was going to happen to happen? Yeah, is or it like are you pushing me? Can neither confirm. Don't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> you threatened my nut one too many times. But then you wouldn't be able to confirm whether or not it worked. I'd ask you as you're on your way down. Did it work? <laughs> Wait, why am I the one falling? Did you reverse it? <laughs> you reversed my finisher. No. Two shots. Is it like some sort of? My point is, anyway, sorry, just to clarify. Mm-hmm. Is this something that people like Darren Brown can do? Yeah, like... And is it something a... that actually anyone can do if they just say it to you with confidence? Like, have you ever Possible. seen the footage of him walking into shops and paying with blank pieces of paper and he's just so straightforward and convincing like with it... suggestibility that people just stuff like that. ...accept the money and then they realise after he's gone out, hold on. Yeah. So if I was just to go to you, don't be afraid. Or, to worry you're not that. afraid. Push. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm not afraid. Whee! Uh, you realise on your way down. No, I am afraid! So he says that he's being put on a table. At this point, he says he can now freely move, but doesn't feel afraid. He describes a pole in the ceiling with a light similar to a fluorescent tube. It starts to move towards him, oh. starting from his feet. <laughs> this better be going where I think it's going. He hears the voice again, telling them that they don't wish to harm him and not to be afraid. 
He says that when the light went over his stomach towards his head, he Ooh. started to feel a warm sensation through his body. Uh oh. However, he closed his eyes in case it hurt them. He indicates that his nose started to feel funny and shows movement of his nose before saying that's now gone. <laughs> what? They stole his nose? No, so. Oh, the feeling's the gone. The feeling's gone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That was really interesting for a second. Thought we haven't heard that. I stole his nose. My dad used to do that to me. I was about to say it's like when you go up to a kid. I've got your nose. Do you think it's some sort of training you get as a new father? Like you go to a dad school to learn how to steal noses because every dad does it, don't they? That can't be coincidence. And they're also really good at putting them back on without you noticing. Maybe does your dad still do that to you when you go around now? Not recently. I might still is. I need to go have a kid and then go to dad's school. Then I'm going to steal his back. Hi, dad. I really hope my parents don't listen to this ever. I hope they do. I'm thinking of the first episode. (laughs) I kept talking about Hulk porn. I know your sisters listen to this. One of them definitely does. I'm not sure any other one. Sometimes, Um, maybe. So for Christmas, if you just want to... No. Put on episode one and introduce (laughs) your parents to this podcast... That'd be amazing. Uh, and then Kev can tell me about it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> How that went down. Oh, dear. So any of your family listen? No. Would they? <clears throat> Would they? My sisters have um, before. And they thought it was shit. <laughs> they, they're literally like, you two talk so much shit. I take offence at that. But then I think so many people like that we know are just used to us. I'm really surprised we've, about. we've got as many listeners as we do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Generally thought we'd have about 50 maximum. We love you guys. Thank you, all 51 listeners. So now that sensation in his nose had gone... I've got sensation in my nose. One of the green men is now signalling for him to come over. Come on over. Philip says that he didn't want to go over as he felt safe where he was. But somehow he started to walk towards the door. He then finds himself walking through a corridor before he freaks out. Oh, God, is that real? What do you think he saw? My first thought was his nose. (laughs) (laughs) My second thought, did he see himself? So he'd been cloned and he's going to stay on the ship and the alien clone of him is going to come back and live out the rest of his life. Yeah. So that's the episode done. <laughs> no, I can tell you what. Wait, he... can I have another guess? Got him. Sex doll. What kind? Male. <laughs> I literally said that just to see how far your brain would go and what you would create, and you just go male. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a typical Hindu male. I, I sex thought you doll. were going to say like a unicorn with eight assholes and. All these other bits, and what you were just the like, "What would you do with eight assholes?" A male. Yeah. So why don't you ask Philip? Typical. <laughs> <laughs> touche, touche. So yeah, typical Hindu. You know, one of those blow-up hairy ones with brown hair, hairy chest, and penis flopping around. Only it's blown up, so it's not flopping so much as waving. He sees that, but it's almost like a caricature of himself. Oh. Interesting. (laughs) You don't want to know where it's going to go. In his nose. What would you do if you saw one of you? 
admire its beauty. <laughs> yeah, that's a clever answer. <laughs> and clench. What Philip was actually looking at was planet Earth. Oh. He recalls that he doesn't want to be where he is and wants to be back down there before remark- remarking that he didn't realise it looked so pretty. Oh, so pretty. I was thinking the same thing. As he gets to the end of the corridor, a hole opens up and they walk in. It's a giant circular room on a raised platform against the wall. He says that his camera and compass were trying to get away from him towards a ball that was in the middle of the room. Oh, magnetism. (laughs) He describes it with blocks on it and was told that they couldn't stay in that room for too long. They leave the room, head down another corridor, they go through another door and two other little green creatures go up with them. He describes seeing a picture on the wall that starts moving. Like a Harry Potter photo. That's what I pictured. Well, to be fair, you can get that now with like augmented reality printers, can't you? You can actually print photos that are like live photos or videos when you wave a screen in front of them. So it's not... Or a bloody hologram. Why am I thinking such complicated (laughs) things there? They've just got an advanced hologram. He's seen a freaking hologram on the wall. He's had a couple of drinks. He's forgotten where he is. (laughs) Hanging around a couple of really short people. <laughs> Seen a sex doll. It's a regular Yorkshire orgy. <laughs> Yorkshire knows how to get down. <laughs> the pictures are changing and the creatures look concerned at the destruction in the pictures and ask him if he understands. He says that he replied yes and was then told it's time to go. Everything goes black again and then he finds himself walking up the moors towards some trees before he notices some movement nearby to which he turns and sees a little green creature he decides to call out to it and take a picture Mm. he describes it running off him giving chase and then seeing a saucer leave the moors oh that's bloody convenient isn't it he's wrapped (laughs) that up with a nice bow well played sir well played jim asks him to describe the creature Philip describes a four-foot green creature with V-shaped feet. Sound familiar, son? Episode 13. Virginia. Was it? Mm-hmm. Mardinho? Mm-hmm. Did Mardinho have V-shaped feet? Yeah. Mardinho. He also describes large hands with three chubby fingers, like sausages. Oh. When asked about the picture... He mentions that they played two films. Describing one of them, he says that it was lots of destruction and chaos and people that looked like Ethiopians who were starving. What the hell? When asked about the other film, Philip recalls that he's not supposed to talk about it. When pressed about it again, he reiterate he reiterates he's not supposed to tell anyone as it's not for them to know. But you know, Philip. I'd like to add that Philip Spencer has not tried to get any fame or money from this story at all. In 1988, he signed over the copyright to everything to Peter, and the name Philip Spencer is also not his real name, so he was able to carry on with his life outside of the public eye. 
I like that you're trying to make him honest and trustworthy, but did he come out with this story? Everyone was laughing at him and he didn't want that attention. So then he signed it all over. So he was actually trying to save face. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so let's recap. We have a gentleman on his way to see his father-in-law when he spots something strange. Treasure. Takes a picture of it, then chases it. <laughs> Sees a flying saucer. He then goes to get the pictures developed and follows up with a UFO investigator. They end up checking his story and then getting him hypnotised where he, where it's revealed that he'd been taken aboard a ship, probed, shown two movies, one of which he can't tell us about, and that his original encounter was actually the end of the encounter. He hasn't tried to get any money from this that we know of. Right, I've got one more point on that final note. He hasn't tried to get any money. Was he paid for signing over the rights? <laughs> so he's got as much money as he thinks is in it. It's quite possible that could have happened. <laughs> I'm not ruling it out because I couldn't find any info on it. Uh, yeah, I'm on to you, Philip. I'm on to you. So Peter has written a few books. Yeah. So it's quite possible he did pay philip off for the for story. the story and then we'll create a book later down the line i don't think he's done one yet although yeah. i didn't look up his written work i just know he's written some books and i suppose the other possibility here would be that philip never existed at all and peter made it up because he's released several books this is what f he does it's quite possible mm, okay i'm on board I meant to say I'm in, <laughs> but it came out as on. I really enjoyed this one. It was good fun. Is it because you kept interrupting with uh, Philip and Treasure? I don't know. I just, I didn't find him annoying. I found it quite likeable. Sometimes when people Did you find clearly... him trustworthy? Sometimes when people clearly bullshit, <laughs> it can rub me up the wrong way and I get frustrated at them. But this one was just, yeah, just enjoyable for some reason. But I'm not saying that it was aliens. <laughs> That picture was awful. <laughs> That's that a really bad picture. <laughs> I myself am not saying it's aliens. The picture is terrible and could have literally have been a doll or a model propped up against a rock. It could have been, but I think the way it just looked so superimposed in front of the rest of the scenery, there was no like interaction from that part of the image to the rest of the image whatsoever it's so flat against everything else mm -hmm. and whilst images themselves are obviously 2d you can see perspective in them can't you yeah but the perspective of the creature was just not equal to the rest of the image treasure did they find what also makes me not believe that this is aliens at all is everything else could be doctored there was no radiation the compass yeah, could yeah. have been tampered with beforehand and also the fact that yeah okay you may not want your real name to go out there but at the same time we don't know we only have the account of the person like peter mm. and such saying that he's a trustworthy person i've tarnished that word you so really much. have <laughs> I hope people who listen to this show are out in the street and they hear someone say, oh, they're really trustworthy, and they immediately think, nope, no, bullshit. <laughs> I know how that goes. So that is it. We have concluded that it is not aliens. But before we go, 
As it's Christmas, I'd personally like to give you all a present in the form of a podcast. When this is finished, go and check out A Killer Podcast. It's hosted by two young ladies from the UK, and each season is a different theme. Season one was all about the supernatural, and season two is currently about murder for money. In one episode, they mentioned that you can't trust a John. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And if I hadn't vouched for them before... No! That line of thinking alone would have got it done. Did I introduce you to this show? No, you didn't. Because they're in one of my Twitter groups, I believe. Yeah, I spoke to them on you Instagram. swine, they've turned on me. <laughs> At the end of each episode, they have a section where they ask each other a question about something from the episode. For example, what happens when you mix antibiotics with alcohol, as that was... Oh, in one of their episodes. Oh, I did that once. Never again. So it felt so rough. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. That's a killer podcast. Sorry, had uh, you? I've, no, I was about to say something. I thought you were about. Oh, to... I was just going to say we've got another surprise coming up tomorrow as well, haven't we? We have indeed. Tomorrow, you will find. Should we tell them? A surprise! <laughs> <laughs> surprise! Hi. So, have you ever woken up and found a single sock on your foot? I don't wear socks to bed. Have you... Who said you were wearing them when you went to bed? (laughs) (laughs) Touché again, sir. Well played. Have you ever danced with a grey under the pale moonlight? Have you ever had deja vu whilst having deja vu? Weirdly... I may have had that last one. Remember, the truth is up there. Merry Christmas and hash tag. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas.